Banjo is a 3D platformer with the DNA chops for success. It is quirky and playful, but also downright clunky and just so damn strange. I believe that is because Banjo, unfortunately, is another 3D platformer from this godforsaken era my brother continues to force into my life that I struggle with so much. However, it is pretty hard to entirely hate a game when it does collectibles so right, and most importantly, has an enemy bull that goes by the name of Big Butt. Season 2 and I'm continuing the torture of 3D platformers for you, Larry. Banjo-Kazooie is considered a refinement of the 3D platforming collectathon, if not one of the initial ones that's up for debate. Does it hold up after all these years in the grand picture I've carved in my mind from when I was a kid? Not entirely, but there's still a decent amount of fun to be had here. Some interesting worlds, an awesome duo character combo, and some wacky music to bop around to. It doesn't hit the highs I hoped, and the overall feeling of this game doesn't totally stick with me after I've turned off the console. I do think it's still worth a gander, and I'm happy it's in my N64 collection. Brother, for the first time in Season 2, let's talk about that. Welcome to Bits of Time, where we ask the simple question, is this video game worth your time? And thank you for joining us on our first game of Season 2. You have 12 other games to go check out from Season 1, and all that content from the off-season. How's it feel to be back, Larry, the person sitting across from me? <laughs> thank you. <laughs> oh, we're starting it off with a banger, huh? <sighs> So you're just not going to introduce yourself? I suppose I should introduce myself for the new listeners out there or the returning ones. I'm not going to do you a jiggy, but I'm one of your hosts, Michael. And uh, now I will properly introduce myself. I am Larry, the other half of our lovely podcast here. And I don't think he looks like a banjo wearing a backpack. What about Kazooie? A bird with feathers flapping all long legs. You know, I found out by playing this game, it's technically a turkey. Really? Yeah. It, it happened. It was in a dialogue scene. And I was scratching my, unless I think it was the mole. That was oh, Boggles? Bo- yeah. Bottles? What's his name? Boggles? That sounds... Bottles. It's, it's, it's bottles, definitely right? Bottles, I think. <laughs> boggles. I think I have written down Bottles. But, yeah, they he called him a turkey. Or her a turkey. I don't really... It's a her. Know. It's a her. her. Yeah, okay. I'm pretty, pretty positive it's her. Yeah. Turkey. So, <laughs> it's not no, so like that's something I didn't know. And what do you know? I learned something new about this N64 game from 1998, which we'll get there in a second. But 1998 was a busy year for video games. Oh, it was. So you're... Before we get into the history and stuff, you are already crapping on the platform in this game. You don't think, do you Do you think it's as bad as some of the games we talked uh, talked about in season one? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not going, no. <laughs> I'm not going to speak lightly about this. Uh, when it comes to, I really think there's something this game does really, really well. But the entire, and if you just want to dive into that, I'm just not a fan at the way that Banjo traverses around the place. Uh and it, it partially, it's not, it's not bad. It's just normal, and then everything else around it is not good. It's, it's like caked in molasses. There is a delayed input to almost everything in this game, and then I'll get into the camera complaint that I have with this one because I always have a camera complaint about these games. Yeah, of course you do, but do you think that has anything to do with it being ported from the N sixty four? Do you think the controls would be different? So or? okay, I, I definitely think the camera mistakes in this game are 100% because it looks like it feels as if it was designed with one analog stick yes and so one of the big things I noticed is while I was playing 
I was never trusting what I could do with my camera with making it look around and turn. Because there were times where it felt like I should be able to swing my camera up so I can see further in front of me. And there was literally no reason why I shouldn't have been able to do that. And I couldn't do it. And then there's other times it allowed me to do it. And I'm like, I, I could never, there was no rhyme or reason to what was preventing the camera from moving in certain directions. A lot of games, sometimes it's, there's a wall behind you or something. I'd be playing out in the middle of nowhere. And I was like, why can't I turn my camera to the left all the way this time? And yet I can swing completely wall. over the right. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But uh, there was just, there was a level, I was never confident with what I could do with the camera in this game. And I've never had that complaint in a video game before. Like in Mario, for instance, right? It's, I knew with the C buttons, I could hit dunk, dunk, dunk. It would ease it this way. It would ease <laughs> yeah. it that way. It wasn't great, but I knew that's what it was. In this game, I never knew if I was going to be allowed to look all the way this direction, look all the way up. For some reason, my biggest complaint is the up. I can't tell yeah. you how many times trying to swing the camera so I could look to see what was on top of like a hill or a mountain. It was so finicky of when it would allow me to do it and when it would not allow me to do it. And oh, I just, I found myself, the fact that I had to constantly think of that during my playtime with this game just drove me nuts. Hmm. Well, we're going to talk a lot about that, but one thing we always have to get out of the way is our history with this series and our total time that we spent on this game. So Banjo and Kazooie, obviously, is the first one in the series. I have played the second one, Banjo and Tooie, a little bit. I beat this when I was younger. Well, uh, wasn't there one more? Yeah, it, uh, not, no, there's nuts there's, and there's like a total of five games. They're not. No, there's like three <laughs> main series and okay. then there's some offshoots. Banjo Pilot and I can't remember. Gruntilla's Revenge or something like that. I can't remember. I think they were Game Boy Advance and Game Boy. I could be. Don't quote me on that. It's off the top of my head. Larry, how long did you spend on this game? I'm very curious. Two hours and nine minutes. No, oh, you got in the, I'll say double digits, but that doesn't well, really work in oh, that time. I, I, you so know what I mean? I wanted to, I'm glad you asked this first because I was going to make you. Can you, based off that time frame, because I'm curious, my collectibles, if this is just unbelievably terrible because I was frustrated. So they the game shows how many jigsaws you got on your save and how many notes jigsaws? you've collected. Are they called jigsaws? I wrote down jigsaws. I think they're jiggies. Yeah. <laughs> jigsaw was, pieces. Uh, jigsaw pieces. Yeah. Sorry. So, how many jiggies do you think I collected? At two hours and nine minutes. And your guess is going to make me either really happy or really depressed. Nine. Okay. You make me feel good. I got 14. Okay. Okay. I, thought, I, I feel like, did you just purposely understand that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and then I, I had 180 notes. Which I could have... Because I remember at one point... So, I stopped at a point where I was looking at a door that required 260 notes. And I was kind of like... I was like, my, my grind kind of right there. I was like, you know what? I think I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I love the honesty. So if you're new to this show, we we go as far as we want to go with a game. Larry generally doesn't beat it. I generally finish it. And we kind of talk about it. What stopped him from going and what made me continue to go. I usually go to suffer. How long did you play for? I don't think I finished my thought earlier. I did beat this when I was younger. Sort of. There's like, it, there's, there's a final boss board game thing. That happens at the end of this game. And then if you get 100% completion, you can go fight Gruntilla, the witch. And I got to that battle and I never beat it. But technically you get credits before you get there. So I think that's 100% completion beating it. But whatever. It took me 10 hours, 9 minutes, and 15 seconds to 100% complete every jiggy, every... And there's a, there's a hundred of them, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, no. There isn't? 48 off the top of my head. I thought there was a hundred. <laughs> I think I wrote it down somewhere. Okay, so I wrote this is what I wrote down in my little notebook that I have next to me when I game. In three hours, 
in 16 minutes and 41 seconds my first session that I played. So I got 48 jiggies and 482 notes. Wow. That, so so I, in one session. So yes, I got them all. I think there's 100. You might be right. I can look it up real quick. Th that's crazy though then. So you in, you said three hours and 40 something minutes got 48 jiggies? <laughs> 16 minutes. Okay. Man, so you, literally just about an hour more's worth of game time than me. You miss. See, you make me feel bad. You got like 40, yeah, 36 more. There days. are 100, FYI. Yes. I did 100% complete it, 10 hours. Yeah, yeah. But now, coming with this, I think it generally would take you longer, but I knew a lot from even it, it started, the memory started firing off like, oh, I remember what to do in this part. I remember what to do in this part. Oh, I, I'm convinced there's at least like 20 minutes of gameplay where I specifically remember sitting on. So there's the section in the, is it Treasure Trove Cove? The second level, the beach one, the beach one. I don't. I mean, okay, second level. Like once you're inside. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Not it's the, not the tutorial level. So the part where you're learning to do like the the turkey mega jump. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what they're <laughs> called. That move. I can't remember what. He, and there's like all those pillars that you can just jump around. Mm -hmm. I remember sitting on there, and just trying to figure out the camera in this game and verbally out loud talking to the game like, why can't you do this? Like I was actually <laughs> getting upset at the game. Like. And my daughter could attest to this. Like, I just, I was like, I don't understand why I can't just look up to see what's on top of the mountain right there. It, it, it drove me nuts. I think there's a lighthouse up there. Yeah, so well, you know. yeah. And I had to physically jump and like float back like two pillars just to see. Now, I'm not talking about the giant mountain. I'm talking about the mountain that's off to the right of this thing. And there's like four feathers so you can jump and then fly around oh, the map. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you learn to fly there, I believe, or right <laughs> after. I don't remember. The camera's so frustrating in this game, Mike. I, I just, I don't know why you continue to keep doing this to me. I hate the camera in this game. Well, you know what I don't hate? I don't hate history. And Banjo-Kazooie, released on July 30th, 1998, was developed by Rare and published by Nintendo. This Now, some little interesting background stuff going on here. This game was initially going to be called Project Dream for the Super Nintendo. Already weird. And they wanted to appeal to all ages, so they kept some of that in this game, I would say. They have some adult humor trickled in. and some that, that, really... that, The sister of the witch, that fairy's got a potty mouth. Yeah. yeah I wrote does. down a couple of her quotes. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, they started making concepts, and they got far along from what the research I was reading, and they were using technology from Donkey Kong Country, so that weird graphic style that they were doing i can't remember what it's exactly called and uh the team that was making it was from diddy kong donkey kong country diddy kong's quest so number okay. two specifically and after mario 64 came out they thought that was going to be the standard and the art style and style of the game they were making was going to be obsolete hey, mike i'm telling you i i convinced in season one i was mentioning this with a lot of these games it feels like there are so many games that just were like crap we got to do the mario 64 formula and they created these clunky messes. There's so many good bits that are good, but they're like, gotta do what Mario 64 does, and this is what we get. A whole <laughs> bunch of these games that you wanna play for some reason. Uh, so they started production on in March 1997 with 10 members, moved to 15 later on. Something That's a small I, team. Yeah, I mean, games back then were created by such small teams, and they are probably overworked. Now, this game... <laughs> like, you just subtly... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the game came out, you know, not even much longer than a year later, so March to, and then July of 98. Grant, they had some foundation from the SNES they were working on, so it's not, you know, that small of a development cycle. But something I didn't know is it initially was just going to be Banjo. And what they were doing 
was Banjo had his backpack and he was going to have pick up items that like had wings come out of his backpack, one that would make him run faster so he'd stretch out legs and they're like, well, this just seems like a different character. So Kazooie became into development later on. Well, I will say that's definitely, that's a good late addition then. Because that, I mean, again, who knows, maybe hindsight's twenty twenty, It would have worked. It sounds very silly to have like a bear with like leg suddenly. Yeah, yeah, he is a bear. (laughs) You looked at me funny. I'm like, there's no way I'm wrong about that, am I? Well, I don't know if his legs would grow, but legs out of the backpack would grow, which is also Also, it'd be like a Dora the Explorer like backpack that just does everything. I have no idea. Never seen that show. You don't don't worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) You're just saying map. You're saying words at me. Why? Because map. Map is an actual living being that's in the backpack. Oh. Tells tells her where to go. See the things I wish I didn't know. You're glad you missed the door. <laughs> <laughs> so, do I agree? That, that's your little history there. Some cool tidbits. I always liked finding that stuff. Do you agree with what? <laughs> you started off that sentence do, with do you oh, agree? Do, I was thinking in my head. Maybe I said it wrong. Do, no, wait. I don't know. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Do I agree so with you? i looking at my brother's brain right yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> do I agree with you on the control aspect? I feel like Banjo is very slow. In this game, well, no, he kind of plods along. He trots along to that music. Okay, I'm gonna get you because I feel like you're about to say a butt as you make your sound effects there. Can I? Can we just say this? This game made me realize how amazing the Mario long jump is. Okay. Why can't Banjo do that? Thank you. (laughs) That needs to be a norm in all 3D platformers. So that is my one complaint about a. Even in JRPGs. That's your only... Comp- okay, all right, never mind. Keep going. Okay. In, in JRPGs and in uh, certain games, if the walk speed is slower, it drives me absolutely insane. And Banjo, he can roll, and when you get the power-up to... Where Kazooie takes control and like puts Banjo on her back, you get, you're good a lot faster. Grant, you have that stupid grunt in the term. <laughs> and... That's like the almost... Go, the going from Super Mario 64, you have the wahoo, wahoo, every time you long jump. That is... Way more tolerable than every single time I was like, I want to go fast, but I don't want to hear her. <laughs> so just muzzle that bird. Yeah, yeah it, it's really strange. And then, I, so I brought up the idea of like the delay or lag that happens. So for instance, like when you're doing the, the turkey super jump thing that I said earlier, right? Like you do the backflip thing. Oh, well, no, no, you're no, talking no, about no. The, first, on, first the pad. on the pad. It's you get there and there's like a moment to go and then you shoot up. The backflip, I thought Mario games had a slow backflip. This is like Mario in 0.5 speed. I cannot believe how slow that process is. And you have so much less control of how far you can go. I do like it, though, when you're like running and then you slide and then go into the flip. So you kind of do this. A little bit of slide. parkour. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of fun doing it's the back banjo and bear parkour. <laughs> sure. I do also agree there is a wonkiness to the camera. I mean, N64 era, PS1 era, they were plagued with this. Even PS2 games were. So, I mean, sometimes we even get that today. So it is a problem. It's hard to do cameras completely right. Now, going back to when one of the portions you talked about in Treasure Trove Cove, when you actually fly with Kazooie, gather the feathers and being able to go up in there, that control is generally fine. But when you want to be more specific, I feel like it, it definitely fails and it bogs down. There's a level later where you have to get into a precise, like, you have to shoot through a, like a ring or something in Gobi Valley. And whoosh, I had to, I kept running into things. And then the worst part is the final, final boss. You have to run into her while she's flying. And then if you fall, you lose. And it's just like, oh. Well, I do feel like that we are leaving out the elephant in the room. There is one version of the controls in this game that is literally worse than Star Fox Zero. 
Have you ever attempted swimming in this game? Yeah, swimming sucks. Swimming is god awful in the most front. Because I can't tell you how many times. Again, I'm going to start sounding like an old man here. But like, So when you're going to collect something in swimming, it's very... you sit there and stare at that like, Banjo, it's over there. Go get it. Like, it's right there, Banjo. Like, I cannot un... Just... Oh, the, the swimming is Mar- so... Yeah, like Mario swimming is like, you know, it's it's decent. Like, it's not bad. But there are two significant... Three three levels that have water in this, and it's not good, man. It's no. really not good. And I thought we'd get some type of item or power-up that make us swim faster, which we kind of do with because we can, like, flap our wings and go further. <laughs> that, like, when that happens, too, even, the controls... I feel like almost, the camera swings yeah. around a lot, oh. which... Can be no, but like when Banjo's paddling and just trying to oh, oh. swimming all slow. I, I will say this though, he looks it's a cute. Uh, I feel like there was another game that did something similar, but it's a cute mechanic when Banjo, his little nose is popping up out of oh the water. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. So you notice that, but then when you actually have to collect something, it's like oh no, it is rough. It, it is very very bad. Uh, I did mention that in my intro. I love this combo of characters. I think Banjo and Kazooie's designs are awesome. I like a lot of the characters in this game. But pivot to where you were going. Oh, no. I was actually... Well, I mean, I actually may be talking about the characters would be better. I was going to just bring up favorite levels and just levels okay. in general. We'll get there. But I, I would say the port before we... I played it on the N64 when I was a kid. I played a little bit, I don't know, like two years ago on the N64 again. And then this iteration I played on my, three, uh, on my Xbox Series S. That's where I beat it. Got 200 out of 200 achievements. No biggie. 100% completion. I did not. But I did play it on my Xbox Series I think overall it transfers well, but there is something about that single analog stick that I think helps this game on the X64 feel a little bit better, which is weird, but I don't know. This would have been a prime candidate for like a remake, or not a remake, remaster, where you just clean up the controls, clean up the polygons a little bit, and I think we would have been good to go. So let's... Let's do move on to the characters. Are they do they hit for you? Are they memorable? What what do you talk to me? I <laughs> I don't I, I'm trying to be polite. Like I don't I didn't connect with any of the characters in this game. The only one that I like was I'm pretty sure I'm convinced it is Bottles. Yeah, bottles I thought he, bottles he was amusing. Awesome. Uh he he's a cute character. I would have actually liked to see maybe more of him and having more of a storyline instead of just kind of being your tutorial helper. And, like, the sage, he has all the right moves for you. Which uh, they really don't explain why. No. They, and, again, I, a, I don't need it. That's to, the vibe they were going for. But I, at the same time, I'm trying to figure out what vibe they were going for with the characters in this game. Like, so I, I brought up earlier, the you have the witch, and then there's the fairy, which is the witch's sister. And she's just she just has random dialogue. Like, when you find her, you just keep clicking the button, and she keeps talking to you. And sometimes the witch will even interject. I caught her at one point and my daughter was near me and all of a sudden the fairy, the fairy lady, I can't remember her. I think that's maybe what her name is. I don't, I can't remember off the top of my head. uh, Her sister's favorite activity is blowing up balloons with her butt and it's an exclamation mark. And I'm like, what? (laughs) It's just, it's this, it's almost as if like adults, and I understand this is probably what they were trying to do, like, wrote this with the intent that kids, what they thought kids would be, find humorous. Like, hey, if we say the word butt, they're going to laugh. Mm. It's just, and there was a lot of other quirky dialogue that was just so weird. Yeah, I would say the humor doesn't hit as much with me as I thought it would. Maybe I enjoyed this when I was a kid, but, like, especially Kazooie and Bottles are really mean to each other. 
which at first I was like, ah, this is kind of dumb. But then I was like, this is kind of real life in some regard, friendships. I wonder, but. You know, I wonder if that's it, though. You kind of hit it there where I, just, I wonder if it just didn't age well. Like maybe at one point in time, this humor was somewhat funny yeah, for a game. Maybe. Because like in, in a Mario style game, right, in a 3D platformer, like they're never, they don't get as, you know, I'm not saying they got vulgar in this game, but they don't get that vulgar in Mario typically. Or maybe this is like the step to lure in a little bit different of an audience. But yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I found the dialogue very strange in this game. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't care for it as much. And like Gruntilda, I like, I like that she talks and rhymes the entire time. I think that's mm. interesting. But also I'm just like, okay, skip, skip, skip. Or fast yeah. forward, fast forward. Ooh, I don't, that's telling then. I don't want, I don't care what she says because I want to get to the play. I want to see the new levels. And I feel like one thing I will shout out, I feel like the tutorial is really good. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't disagree with that. Like, it's basically a level in and of itself. It's actually clever that the tutorial legitimately gets you to uh, yes. the rest of what you need to do. And you learn a lot. It was weird, if I remember correctly, this game did what I complained about, I think it was in uh, Minish Caps, so our, our first game in season one, where you couldn't do some of the moves in the tutorial until you actually talked the bottles. Like, if you physically knew what you wanted to do, I thought I remember that happening where I was like, what do I have to do here? I feel like you can skip the tutorial, though. So maybe you're right. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, I remember, and again, maybe it's just I didn't press the right buttons in the right order. <laughs> but I could have sworn there was a couple times, like, I clearly knew what I needed to do. But my character, I couldn't, at one point, I couldn't get my character to do the backflip. And I knew how to do it. Mm -hmm. And then once I talked to Bottles, suddenly I could do it. I'm also convinced if the name's not Bottles, just we're going with it. <laughs> Boggles. <laughs> One of the two. Uh, so overall, though, some other standouts for characters-wise. I like Clanker, the big rusty shark. He's kind of terrifying in some regard. Yes, but, yes he is. Uh, I also, I don't know if you got to this level, but the Tip Tup Turtles. Yeah, no, I, did, I didn't get that far. So I did watch a little bit more because... This is one of those weird games where, like, I remember watching you play this quite a bit when I was you younger. Remember the singing turtle? The I, I remember. Yes, yes, yes. No, so I don't know if you would call it singing, but yeah. I know it's not really singing. It's yelping, 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 turtles. <laughs> yelping turtles. Trying to make music. That's what they're trying to do. Yes. And I, those are always good. Uh, Jingos have fun colors, but they are such a strange design to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think just the what was it? Then there's the, the the most nostalgic moment for me in this game was the the pirate hippo and treasure with her oh, yeah, the yeah. crying yeah <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what it was as soon as i heard that i was like i remember this noise <laughs> and so it, clearly i remember hearing that one a lot but yeah mm -hmm. I, there's not sense. there's That's not really, really any memorable characters for me like and i'm not even that big of a fan of like banjo or kazooie like i just mm. Which, you know, I have a question for you about this afterwards. We'll get, do you have any other characters that stand out? No, that's basically it. Okay, well then. I mean, there's some enemies that are kind of cool, but that's about it. All right, well, so then before we get into some other topics, though, I would say you've brought up a couple different levels now. So do you have a favorite level? Yeah, of course I do. Well, so I will just say this right off the bat. I made it to Clanker's Cavern is the furthest that I got. That level three? Level three. Yeah, technically level three, yeah. So, and I would say I hated that level. <laughs> so I actually, the level that I complained about a lot, I actually thought for it being as small as it was, it was dense. I liked Treasure Trove Cove. Treasure Trove Cove. I'll what, get that. What'd you think of the first the first real level, Mumbles Mountain? Uh, I, I just think that almost feels like, that clearly feels like a level one. Uh, yeah. There's just, I mean, the ape is crazy, I guess. That's kind of unique. That's where you get to f meet Big Butt. Uh, 
you get to learn the the crawl mechanics with that hill because with it with the way they have the platform spread out with different collectibles there's enough there and they do a good job of teaching you about the mumbo like the collectibles and being like okay how the heck do i get it well you can go turn in yourself and do an ant <laughs> and so there's you get some interesting mechanics right off the bat so i think it does a good job of introducing you further mechanics into the game but treasure trove cove for me was the standout of the three that i played I would 100% agree. I feel like Mumbo Mountain is a good intro level, but it's not a standout level. Mm. Clanker's Cavern is annoying. So annoying. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, you know what, though? I would even say, though, uh, with the first level with the the ape, right? That's a unique mechanic, getting the ape to kind of throw stuff around. Like, yeah. It shows you, to me, it was like, I think there's going to be some really clever things that happen in this game. And I, I didn't, like, even in Treasure Trove Cove, there's, you know, with the island where there's the uh, statue, the gold statue sitting there. Oh, I'm going to go get it. And then, oh, there you go. You yeah, got the shark, shark you got to yeah. be worried about. So there's there's some really fun stuff that's scattered around. About yeah, I, I agree. I think overall the level designs have these nice zones to them where enough interesting points are there, which makes you want to go collect the things over there. Well, did you did you have the same thing? I, I feel like the levels felt smaller in this game, though, in a weird way. Like, I don't know why, like... And maybe this is just because I hadn't played it in a long time. When I first remember playing this game, like Treasure Trove Cove, I, it felt, I thought it was bigger than what it really is. And I don't know, like, and, and even Mum, uh, Mumbles Mountain, right? The very first level. I don't know why in my head I pictured something larger than what I was I mean, seeing on the screen. You were probably a kid when yeah. you saw this. So, I mean, we probably thought the same thing about Super Mario 64. Those worlds are much smaller now. I mean, they're still great, but mm. they are smaller. Yeah, so, that, that, that's a good point. That's true. That's a because yeah, Mario sixty four. That surprised me too. When I've gone back, I'm like, man, do I remember this being bigger than it really is? So out of those three levels, you like one, we'll say, mm -hmm. and you liked some of the stuff in Mumbo's Mountain and Clanker's Cavern. You're like, meh. No, yeah, no. Cl Clanker's Cavern was frustrating. That's yeah. So out of there's nine different worlds, I believe, off the top of my head, and I'll share with you my top five because I like me some lists, as you've noticed. <laughs> Overall, I like that most of the levels have different layers to them, whether it's traversing very high or having distinct zones, and that they feel different from one another, whether it's they feel different from one another that keeps me interested. So my fifth favorite is Mad Monster Mansion. You get to turn into a pumpkin here, and that's kind of fun. I, I do I do remember that. Yeah, and I like the one thing I really like about this level is there's like the perspective switch. You're super small, mm. and everything's very big in certain areas. Uh, number four is Bubble Gloop Swamp. That's where you meet the tip tops. Mm. So uh, I think the level design is pretty great, and that one feels distinct and purposeful for each area. Okay. And then Click Clock Wood, which is basically the final level. And I generally don't like final platforming levels in most of these 3D games. I feel like it just either becomes too hard or there's nothing distinct about it. And this one, you go in to each different season. And it changes what the tree looks like. So okay, in yeah. fall, it's everything. I mean, it's super That's cool. clever. I like and that. the creatures in there are affected. Sometimes they're frozen. Okay, now this little eagle that you're feeding, now when you get to summer, it's nice and big. And you can get a jiggy from it and yada, yada. And you kind of do this cause and effect thing, which yeah, I really which, love. I mean, again, it's a unique swing and twist on a new level. So yeah. I like that. And then Gobi Valley is my second favorite. And that's a dynamic sand design level and the design of the sand is Gobi Valley is my second favorite 
And it's really cool because they have like this dynamic sand feature into the game. Okay. Into the level. <laughs> so what's cool about Gobi Valley is, again, you go through these different pyramids. There's kind of like little mini game sections in each one. And it's just, again, it's distinct. The flying sections kind of suck because you have to be accurate at one point. But I like the sand levels, which is fun. And my favorite is Freezy Peak. Christmas spirit is alive in this level. <laughs> you have uh, Christmas trees. You have a giant snowman in the middle. You go sled in. Like, I, it's, I remember I, this one. Yeah, too, yeah, it's everything that I like in these type of levels. The, the giant snowman is definitely the highlight with the scarf that you ride down. It's interesting because you actually went against your Mario take a lot of times where you always like the first or second level in games. Yeah, and this one, Treasure Trove Cove would be six for me. Six? Okay, all right. But yeah, I like more of the later levels. I was, those that's middle, actually... middle later levels, which is, yeah, a little different than like my Super Mario 64. I mean, I love all. That's probably of the also levels. really good, though, for game design that like a lot of your favorite levels were just scattered all right in the middle towards the end there, too. Like it kept True. me interested. Yeah, it kept me interested, kept me going. There's definitely slow moments in this, though. One of the worst levels is towards the end uh, Rust, Rusty Bucket Bay, I think it's what it's called. It's just this giant ship in the middle cargo areas on the sides and there's water and what do you know yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know fun. what they were thinking of that swimming mechanic yeah <laughs> it's it was not very fun so i liked i liked a lot of the levels but there's what's weird is when i was making that top five list like i knew two right off the bat and that was freezy peak and goby valley and then click lock wood was there and i was like do i like any of the other levels that much are they that much of a standout but so it yeah. almost would have been easier for you to do like a top three. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So what did you think about the idea of them then having like collectibles and stuff within kind of the within the hub section? Oh, so like doing the switches and oh, you probably didn't even mess with the switches. Oh, yeah, you did for yeah. like unlocking levels within. Yeah. So going through Gruntilla's lair to unlock levels to go into. Yeah, did, but didn't they also hide Jiggies? Wasn't there? A couple yeah. Of yeah. A couple too? of them yeah. here. Um. So the one thing, exploring Gruntilla's lair is cool concept. It does get annoying, I would say, as you go further and further up. And I found some of it to be a little confusing. Like, I was like, all right, I see the door I unlocked, or I see, the like, this part that I opened. I don't know how to get there. Yeah, no, that, that was a that actually happened to me, and that shows you I probably would have gotten more and more frustrated with it. When I, I think it was, I had 120 notes or 160. I can't remember what the unlock was. I unlocked a spot... And I remember the sewer grate opening up. Yes. And I'm like, cool, where's that? <laughs> like, there's So I had to like run around for a little bit and then you eventually find it. But then you realize, wow, there's a lot of other stuff in here too. And that's when I found. Which can be really cool. Yeah. There's there's definitely a sense of discovery. It's just, I don't think for a game that doesn't have like a quest marker, the layout maybe could have been a little cleaner. Yeah, which I didn't, I don't think I'd want quest markers in a game No, like no, I'm not saying all. that. No, not at all. I'm but just, yeah. I think it, definitely stresses towards the more annoying the further you go along too and it's a little confusing a little obtuse which i'm somewhat okay with obviously i got through it and i 100 completed it yeah you're going to continue to prove that you are a stronger man than a lot of these games <laughs> not always not always don't give me too much credit but you one thing you did mention in your intro is your thoughts on the collectibles mm. so share with me more yeah you know i was kind of shocked i actually think i'm surprised this isn't more the norm the collectible like so a lot of games nowadays a lot of games in general when you have lots of collectors there's a lot of it to do it just a 100 something they're not physically giving you benefits or doing something so you know the big example for me was simple things like 
every, as you're collecting the notes, while well, you're doing that, you're getting enough so you can unlock another another door, right? You have your honeycomb piece, or the, the, the individual pieces of honeycomb are giving you more health. Uh, the... The mumbo jumbo thing I thought was the most clever was you're just kind of banking those. You don't know what advantage it's going to give you down the road, but you're going to spend that for something to turn you into something or transform you so you can go do more collecting. It just, it felt like so many of the collectibles in this game were, you know, like if you use the Mario example, the coins, right? Red coins, blue coins, depending on which one you're playing. Once you collect those, you're just getting another star or moon or whatever it is. It's it's still the same thing. This game legitimately has collectibles that are not assigned to the big thing you're collecting in each level. And I think that's really cool. Like again, could they have done more? Of course. I I'm actually surprised more games don't do this. That's true, yeah. Having collectibles that are it's almost like the collectibles in this game are currency. And I like that aspect of it where you don't see that in every a lot of games out there. No, a lot of it is like yeah, there's like they're half baked in some regard. I know. I think the only thing that's 100% collectibles in this one is the jingos, right? Because the some... honeycomb was extra life, not health, right? Yeah. Now that I think about it. No, no, I, it's. I think it's no. The statues were the extra life, so you're Statu- right. Okay, it yeah, adds gotcha. to your yeah. health bar. Gotcha. The jingos are the only thing they don't do anything, right? They just say collect- yeah, no. So, so that would be the one collectible where it's yeah, it, which is kind of a, that's a weird thing too. But I don't know. There's. I, there was something about the the mechanic of like when you unlocked it and you got to see another color pop. Yeah, I actually nice. thought it was kind of nice. So again, not everything needs to have a, a purpose. There is some way to have collect, you know, just the collectathon aspect. But I really, really like the fact that there was so much of the currency aspect of the collectibles in this game. That shocked me. I don't, I didn't remember that, and because I remember too, like when I transformed into the ant, as soon as I saw like. You know, it go down and like, hey, I need you to have this many collected. I was like, oh, that's that's cool. I like that. And then you actually lose what you've collected. So now you got to go collect more so you can use it again down the road. There's, I feel like you could have built off that. Now, granted, you can go back and be an ant. You don't have to pay it again. But yeah, yeah, for the next transformation. For the next transformation, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it does really do its collectibles well. There's one point where I didn't have enough mumbo tokens, and I got a little annoyed. I was like, oh, I need a couple. Need to go explore a little bit. But again, that's on me for not collecting them as well, I went. Well, and then in theory, though, that is probably where, in one hand, I like that because that's a difficulty slider a little bit. Yeah. But on the other hand, if your gameplay is not fun, then, <laughs> Shot at then, it does, then it doesn't work. And so, but I, I was shocked. I was pleasantly surprised. I was like, man, I really like this. So it, this one caught me off guard. I didn't remember the collectibles being as well thought out and distributed as they were. I read one little side note about the collectibles on the N64 version, which is crazy that I got all the way to the end on this one. You, if you leave the level or die, your notes don't stay. Oh, so wow. when you get to that level, you have to get a hundred percent to, you know, to keep it. And then you can move on to the next level. I mean, you could still go on to the next level. Wait. So like if you would, let's say you, you got like, wait, that nine. can't, that can't be right. Cause I was gonna say, if you got 98% of them, yeah. You don't pass there must them on. be something. Or was it? Li- oh, I think if you die, you lose them. So then, when you exit the level, or yeah, if you die in that level by accident, then you have to start over and collect all of them. Whereas this one, you die, you'll still collect. Gotcha. You'll, ke- okay. you'll keep your notes. That's what it's got to be. Okay. I know there was a difference. I just can't remember what it was. 
Yep, so I just double checked right here. Uh, every note in an area had to be collected in one visit, one life. And I did that when I was a kid, which is... That's pretty, I, would, uh, I would not want to do that. Oh, that, yeah, no, that's definitely impressive. I, I do wonder, though, if... Yeah, because especially some of the more annoying locations, if you die, thinking like, God, I got to go climb up there again, or I got to do... Yeah. yeah, I could see that getting frustrating. See, I was in much more control when I was a kid. I had the tenacity to keep going. Well, and I was going to say, since you brought up being a kid, I, I, I am kind of curious, at least from what your thoughts are on this. Banjo, so when was the last mainline Banjo game? When did it release? Probably wouldn't the 360 era. So I would say 2007 or 8. Okay, so I, I guess then I'm kind of curious, like, what is it that made that such a nostalgic? Like, it feels like there's a lot of people who really have good, just bubbly feelings when they think about Banjo and Kazooie. It's one of the gems potentially that people talk about of the n64 era so what is it that you think people liked about that like why do people continue to like so for instance when the super smash brothers announcement came out that banjo was going to be a character like why did that hit 2008 2008 okay was nuts and bolts i think people look back fondly on this game so much and i mean it did really well in sales we'll talk about that in a little bit but i think it there's something about the n64 coming out when it did there's a lot comforting visuals about this game it's bright and colorful there's some funky beats and i think i guess real quick to interrupt you there we never really talked about the music and sound design so like what did you think about that in this game i i think it's wacky is wacky there's okay. a really good word for it like i think it's fun it's kind of bubbly makes me want to bop along a little bit or watch banjo bop along to it but i wouldn't go out of my way to listen to it on my own yeah, I guess my takeaway would be that. I'm just kind of indifferent to it. And then I think just the sound design itself, I'm, I actually get annoyed with the... <laughs> the mumble speak? Yeah, I don't know. I, just, I think that was a good idea to do that, but I yeah, I, I do not like it. I'm mm. fast-forwarding through that stuff. I'm like, oh, stop, stop, stop. Yeah. But I think 3D collectathons are... It's one of those genres that... 3D collectathons, it's one of those genres that are so... I feel like to me it feels like it's a comfort and people want that. And Banjo is a cuddly bear and you just want that, I guess. I don't know. They're uh, these games are lauded as some of the best and I feel like people just want it so much. So they're and I think rare games the company rare. There's almost like some irony there. <laughs> I think they're looked upon fondly and with yes and no reason, no revisionist history or anything like that, but I think they they deserve the credit they were given. Okay, so then I guess then I would say you mentioned the thing about the sales. So before I ask this question, how, how did this game sell? Like, how well? So I think, you know, it's weird that we haven't gotten a new entry because sales is not the problem. That's where I was heading. I was yeah. wondering. It sold over three and a half million copies, and this is in 1998. So that's awesome. Or this is a game from 1998. I assume it obviously it probably had some legs. I mean, heck, that's even awesome in today's standards. We're talking about Mega Man 11 yeah. back in... Mega Man Legends Season 1 well, was so 1.4 million. I feel like the bigger question then, it's not this game, but Nuts and Bolts, how'd that sell? So, well, the sequel sold more than 3 million copies too worldwide. So you have that. But yeah, I think it. I'd say Nuts and Bolts from a quick Google search that I was doing, I'd say about 760,000. Okay, so there was a, definitely a drop. There. Which is after they got acquired from Xbox. Yeah, and, yeah. So, and that's kind of the interesting thing, right? Is that maybe... Xbox has, de or Microsoft has definitely not handled the rare licensing, it feels like, very well. There's yeah, I so think you should give that IP to somebody else. Because I don't think the people at Rare, 
I don't even know if they're the same people. I know some of them went and made Platonic, and we got Ukulele, which also didn't sell that well. Mm. I th- Well, I mean, it sold better than that. Yeah. But I don't think it got the critical reception like people wanted it to be, and that's supposed to be the spiritual successor to Banjo-Kazooie. Do, do you think if they just, let's say, you know, sometime next year, like, they make an announcement, or even, you know, sometime soon you hear the announcement that like a brand new banjo kazooie game gets announced to remaster full on everything is that gonna hit big yeah i think so okay i think the because everybody playing them in smash that maybe didn't even grow up playing them i think are gonna try it because it's a smash character i feel like i feel like you get any ip that's from smash ultimate now it's gonna sell better than it did back then so or I, at least there'll be a you have a nice surplus entry so <laughs> into I, it that's the frustrating part then though for me is you made the announcement on Smash. It feels like, was that a feeler or was that like a, a tease? Because it's like, you know people are excited. The original game sold well. If you just did like a remaster and just cleaned it up for a new audience, you don't have to spend a ton of money. Kind of see how it does. And again, maybe some of it's hard to track because you got it's on Game Pass. But you could still look at the stats. How many people are playing Banjo-Kazooie on Game Pass? You have the stats behind you. Yeah, of course you do. You can look it, at trophies or achievements on... Uh, what was that collection? The rare collection, whatever yeah, that was. Rare replay. Yeah, rare replay. Like, see which ones were playing banjo versus anything else. And as of recording this, we have no murmurs of this being a thing. Like you said, like there is no remaster rumor. There's nothing. We got them in Smash and all that. And the weird part is, we're getting Perfect Dark. Well, but not allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> like we've seen the reveal, but it's gone silent. <laughs> but we're getting Perfect Dark over banjo and i just feel like that is so confusing to me like banjo sold more than perfect dark from my from my memory i would say perfect dark i'm happy it's coming back that's great yeah but banjo had a chance to come back in like 2016 through 2018 when 3d platformers were hot again because of odyssey Mm. and i think we're still in that era we're kind of getting a second wave hopefully again here soon this seems like a perfect time to do it and it's just so strange i feel like it comes down to the big issue like microsoft's mishandling this like i remember when the news came out that we found out that rare was going under the microsoft umbrella just the excitement of, oh my gosh, the IP that you have there, all the potential games you could bring back, and they've really not no. done anything with it. That has been a just, they've just let that rot. It's weird because, you know, they're, when we talked about Bomberman, sec, not Second Attack, Bomberman Hero on the N64, there was that question of oversaturation of IP. Mm-hmm. I mean, in this series, we've basically got two main series, two main games. Banjo Tooie and the original. Then we get Nuts and Bolts, which is almost kind of like a spinoff. You can yeah. consider that the third game. And then you have some two offshoots. Like, that's not a lot. No, in, not at all. From it, 98 to 2022. Well, especially if you think, too, you have the first two in your series each sold over 3 million. Like that the third one's a clunker, but the third one also released, you know, I mean. On the 360, the, doing yeah. something completely different so, from the formula. Yeah, and you would have known. There's a good chance that a lot of the people on the 360 had never played a Banjo game before. So you, I, I can't imagine, I would hope, you didn't expect it was going to have the same numbers. Especially and if you, when you mess with the formula that much. You know, there's a possibility, though, based on how mismanaged it's been, that's what happened. They assumed, oh, hey, with our, look at we, how many gamers we have. They didn't want to be the N64, they would be in the Xbox, mm-hmm. you know. Shooters yeah, and that is the weird thing, right? Whatever. Like the Xbox went from being edgy to now they're yeah. kind of trying to be more family oriented. Yeah, it's very strange. But I like the Switch. I, oh, I think totally it's do. Very good. 
for them. I mean, hopefully while we're waiting for season two, they are shown as a remaster. Well, that would be unfortunate for this episode. We're recording before season two airs, and hopefully, <laughs> you know, we, we can't react to it now. Maybe there's a banjo announcement. Cool, awesome, but uh, I'm not going to hold my breath for it. No, I, I think, yeah, I don't think that's happening. Uh, Okay, so then I guess I don't. I guess you never got around to this question, or at least responding to this. So, if Banjo were to come back, right? Like, what would it need to do to be like, like you'd get excited and it would be a successful platformer? So we're gonna say that it did get announced in this lull period between yeah, this just, era. Just okay. out of curiosity. We're just gonna- Okay, okay. We could also just be speaking this into the wind for like, you know, years down the road. Like, yeah, hey, we're going to talk maybe E3-esque season in 2023. It gets announced. All right. So I think in my regard, things to avoid. So I would say some of the... I'm going to bring up Mario a lot. I'm sorry. It's just an easy comparison, right? I believe some of the criticism with... For some people, they think Super Mario Odyssey is too bloated in their collectibles. There's a thousand <laughs> moons. There's yeah. the, the coins. There's the collectibles. I actually like that. I don't think it's a bad thing because in my mindset, one, it's a kid-friendly game. So you want people to see, oh, I just go in this corner, I find a moon. Like, I'm sure if, when your daughter played that, oh, that was... Oh, she loved that yeah, aspect. like, yep. there's a lot to collect. It was a false... I mean, technically not false sense, but it, it was easy progress. And exactly. so with a child, it was something that was definitely there. And I'm okay with that because the end games are usually difficult to Mario's and they bring up the challenge. And I like the... The hit, the, the quick gratification of getting a collectible. I think making sure they're not too bloated and too many, you want it to be purposeful. So I think you still tie it to progression like Mario Odyssey does. And there's the side thing that adds either cosmetics or fun stuff to do. Okay, so wait though. So the nuts and bolts game, the attempt on that one was to like bring vehicles into it, right? Correct, yeah. What if, because I like the way that they do collectibles, what if you did like a town upgrade builder sort of thing based around collectibles that helped you get things that allowed you to get to different parts of the maps so then the collectibles again are showing purpose and again i guess you gotta you gotta draw the line somewhere maybe not go die hard into something like that but there could be something to that yeah i could almost like kind of like what a lot of roguelikes do yeah i don't know if i i could see the ip of banjo being that but i could see some indie developer doing something if you get what i'm saying yeah uh well okay well i mean do you have any other ideas of what it shouldn't do then real quick so i don't know if i state clearly enough i do disagree with there's too many moons in super mario odyssey i think that's actually kind of fun i feel like you'd be and, fine if there's like four thousand. yeah <laughs> maybe we'll talk about that someday on this show who knows but uh this game if it's a banjo we'll say th- three we'll call it because it's actually the third one hmm. i think it needs to have purposeful ones I think what they did in this entry that we played worked like you were saying. I think it has a lot of highs, highs for the collectibles. Everything basically tied to completion, 100% completion. I'm okay with that, which is, I mean, it's in a lot of games that, but sometimes mm-hmm. start, it's like side stuff, just to yeah. fill. I think having too many in each level could get tedious, but I like, a lot of times they do a nice little puzzle solving to get collectibles. I think having that balance be complete in this one. I think that they should avoid is trying to make a carbon copy of this game. Yeah. My worry is, before I interrupt you there, is ukulele kind of was that. They tried to do that and it didn't set the world off. Now, I think there's a lot more problems with that game than this, than just trying to be Banjo again. But we are getting to the point where I feel like I've already played these games. 
I want to move on to something new. So I think you take what you learned from those games and make something new. Like with the Spyro Reignited Trilogy, I'm getting the three games and they're all, they're new in a way because they're up resonation. So if you want to do that with one and two, cool. But the third one should not be a remake of the first one with yeah. better graphics and better controls in my mind. Because I feel like I'm just going to play it for five minutes and be like, I already did this. Okay, so then is Banjo a strong enough standalone character to kind of put, like, does Banjo have the ability to kind of push this franchise and be like, is he somebody who's popular enough? From the internet mindshare that I see, yes, but how does that transfer into yeah, sales nowadays? Yeah. I don't know. I think it's because because if he's in Smash, or they are in Smash, yes. I think, uh, but the problem is, now we're getting into 2022, the final DLC character has already been announced. Like, yeah. you, you should have struck when the iron was hot on that one, like you said. Okay, so then here, I need you to put your thinking cap on for a second because let's say the iron, yeah, it's now cold. We've kind of moved on from this. I, I think because Banjo clearly, I, I, there's an interesting concept to that name being an instrument and I kind of get a kick out of that. Well, so, hold on. One thing, oh. I think they'd have to change a lot about it. Like, I think they'd have to change the humor for nowadays. Like, there's a lot that I feel like would just well, not work with this game. Okay, well, I, then if you want to tackle that, I, I would also argue then... To me, this is the type of game I don't want to see some convoluted, gigantic storyline. I, I just, it doesn't Correct. feel like, I don't care about, and who knows, if you have good writing, then maybe I do care about the characters. But it feels like have some wacky, unique individual characters that have little tiny problems they're dealing with. You don't need to ground them into the world to make it believable <laughs> why, you know, me and my turkey are collecting musical notes, right? Yeah, like, we never really find that out, and yeah. it's okay, because it's a cool, it is a cool collectible, but... Again, yeah, yeah, I would I agree with you there, yeah. I don't, it, I don't really know what this game needs to do to come back, and I'm, I'd am i be very curious to play it and see it. I just don't... I don't think it's going to work as well as people want it to. Well, so that leads me into my final point that I want to make then, Mike, is okay. since Banjo is not working, what's an instrument character that would work? So you did. If you didn't know, and this is your first episode listening, we send each other questions back and forth, and then we, you know, fill it all on our own, so we don't really know what's going on. And I was like, this is such a stupid question. And then I started thinking, I was like, that's kind of a clever question. I don't know. <laughs> and so I came up with. Get the, used to it this season, brother. <laughs> I came up with mandolin and gong. A gong? Yeah. I was, uh, I was trying to guess. I thought you were going to say, like, violin, like, violet, violin, gong. Mandolin might, there might be something to that one. That's like a ukulele mandolin. Yeah. I could maybe see something like that. For some reason, I picture an orange character. I don't know why. And then my other runner-up was the leer or the liar in uh, a xylophone. <laughs> uh, I think my favorite one of those would be the mandolin. I would, I gave you that. Mandolin and gong. Yeah. Coming in 2027. Right. Somebody make it out there. Do you have one? You know, this is one of those funny times I, I didn't, I couldn't really think of anything. Violin was the one that probably stuck with me. I kind of thought you were going to go that route. Uh, you can also see like bass. There's like just some giant guy like looking around, but yeah. Not, some, not, not somebody anything. else, somebody's going to be drumming bass out there. Uh, well, and that, that's the thing though too. Like you could turn us, do you remember the, uh, it was it circus pizzas back in the day? Like all those different animals that it the reminds me of like the banjos. Yeah. yeah. What was it called? An like the animatronics. But animatronics. Circus pizza. Yeah. 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 I was like, you could build like a, a banjo universe in like that type of like yeah, well, circus. It was circus. a bear. And I don't remember if he had a banjo, but maybe that's how they figured it out. I think he was I think he was the drummer. I think he's a keyboarder or a banjo player. I mean no no no, it was the ape that was the their gorilla 
was the, the keyboard is what I remember. Oh, yeah, yeah. And there was a third one. Literally, probably almost no one knows what we're talking yeah, yeah, yeah. about right now. So if you know what Circus Pizza is, let us know. If you're on Good Pods, comment. Ooh, there you go. Good shout out. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we get into the quick bits? Mike, I'm scrolling. My notes don't go down any further. I've hit my capacity for this big game. Yeah. I almost swore for no reason right there. <laughs> <laughs> so the quick bits. I died 16 times, 100% completing Banjo and Kazooie. It takes three and a half minutes once you get control, so that's pretty quick. You have this... Can we talk about that intro? That, that's an interesting... Uh, I like that you... I would have never thought to take care of that. You started doing that, I swear. You, you didn't do it every game last year. No. Uh, there's some games that popped into my head and like, oh, yeah, this is cool. This is quick. Yeah, the intro is weird. The intro is so wackadoodle. It's all, it's this whole game. That's a word. <laughs> this whole game. I think it's it's clever when you hit like the the start button that it breaks away like honeycomb. Like, yeah, okay. that, 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 no, wait, no, it's not honeycomb. It's the jigsaw pieces that break Jigsaw away. pieces, sorry. But I'd like the begin. It like knocks on there. Everybody's just playing musical instruments and I have no idea what the heck's going on. It's it's just really weird. There's literally, this is probably the first game I can legitimately say I don't remember. Like I, the, the storyline in this, I just don't understand it. <laughs> it's an amazingly dumb concoction that they created in that Ag- intro. Agreed, agreed. The, when you try to rescue your sister, that's the whole point of this game, is because Gruntilda the witch wants to become beautiful and if she takes Banjo's sister into a machine and puts herself in a machine she's become beautiful and if you die during certain missions or lose all your lives you get to see her transform into the sexy witch it's very strange but yes. before that to beat uh, hold to- on we, we didn't even talk about that that's ridiculous on the death scenes in this game yeah, yeah, like it's- every time i tried i remember every time i tried quitting this game to play another time that's it's so weird yeah, it's like, that they built is, a cutscene for this <laughs> i mean it's kind of clever but also kind of annoying so to beat the game quote quote beat the game not 100 percent. you have to play the boss board game and it's a, such a terrible design choice i like the concept mm. of this game show host and she's you have to move spaces to get there but man if you don't know the information you <laughs> are not paying attention you could never make it past this for life oh yeah. that would be terrible yeah like you should watch a video on it okay uh it's it's terrible uh, there's some clever stuff in there but man I got. I definitely died. I think at least twice on this because you lose health and you have to. If you go certain places, you're answering different questions and yeah, it's. So this is like a swing and a miss and trying to come up with some unique, crazy. It's very attack. unique, but I don't think it works at all. Mm-hmm. Crocodile banjo is best. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Banjo and Kazooie is regarded as one of the best platformers on the N64. Even the Mario Killer, which both brothers are in agreement that uh, it does not come close. Sorry, Mario 64 is too good. I wish this game was better. I'm happy I finished it. My young self is really, really happy that I finally bested that witch because I tried far too many times when I was a kid. Someone out there is going to really mesh with this style of game with the humor, the colorful characters. This is going to be them. I wish I enjoyed this as much as I did when I was a child because it does not hold up for me. I'm a 3D platformer lover and I just wish it was more memorable. I can't give my full stamp of worth your time approval, but again, I'm still glad I came back to this one. 